The new 1420 WBSM presents Phil Paleologus alongside Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. WBSM AM 1420 is so pleased every Sunday at this time to present USA Wealth Group's Money Wise radio show. And nobody more respected around here than Ray Lance to take the host's position and give us an entertaining and informative show. Good morning, Ray. Good Sunday morning, Phil. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Money Wise. We're going to be talking today about starting businesses and what do you do if you would like to be an entrepreneur. We have a special guest that I'm going to introduce to you in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a novice here, Phil, so he doesn't realize that we tell jokes and we give famous Greek quotations <laughs> and so forth. So I have a Greek quotation for you this morning, Phil. Oh, my. This is a famous Greek philosopher whose name begins with a P. Uh-huh. It's not Plato. All right. I, I think I can get it. And he wrote, the wind is blowing. Adore the wind. One more time. The wind is blowing. Mm-hmm. Adore the wind. That was from the philosopher of 50 B.C., Philips. Philips begins with a P. Philips begins with a P. Paleologus. No, no, it was actually Philip Pythagoras. <laughs> Pythagoras came from the same island as my family. Pythagoras came from the that. island of Samos, S-A-M-O-S. Oh, that's true. And we may be related. I will let you know if I am attached to his trust I will speak to you immediately after the show. Well, if you can recite the Pythagorean theorem, <laughs> yeah, right. then I would say you are indeed related. <laughs> we have some money coming. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not so sure. <laughs> well, welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about uh, entrepreneurship, which means starting your own business and having an entrepreneurial spirit of being willing to take chances and risks and trying to do something different and new other than just going to take a job, for example. This morning, it's our privilege to have with us Mr. Tobias Stapleton, also known as Toby Stapleton. Uh, Toby is a graduate of Suffolk University with a master's in business degree. And uh, good morning, Toby. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great to have now, you here. Toby, you're the assistant dean in the graduate program at the University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth, correct? That's correct, Ray. Actually, just this week, I took over additional duties as the assistant vice chancellor slash director of the Advanced Technology Manufacturing mm-hmm. Center, which is the university's incubator for startups and entrepreneurs uh, located in Fall River. Congratulations. So are, Thank you, you. are you still also the assistant dean in the uh, graduate program for the Charlton College of Business at UMass Dartmouth? I, I am. I'm, I'm wearing a couple hats uh, for the <laughs> next uh, next few weeks anyway. Uh, in addition to that, and probably what, what's uh, particular to this show uh, for this morning, uh, is I've been serving as the chairperson of the Southern New England Entrepreneurs Forum, uh, which has been affiliated with the university since its inception about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a lot about that this morning, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, Toby has uh, more than 19 years of international business experience. Uh, I know that 12 of those years was in a, a management or supervisory capacity, and uh, Something I didn't realize, that you've worked in more than 20 countries. 
That 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 is absolutely true, and um, uh, it, it's been interesting. It's sort of uh, you know, it's one of the things that's given me the perspective to apply to the job that I do now, and also to entrepreneurship in general. Obviously, uh, the Uni United States has an ingrained um, uh, uh, philosophy and instructional method, certainly in business schools, about starting uh, businesses and becoming an entrepreneur, and. Uh, uh, and so that's really interesting to see how other countries treat entrepreneurs and, and how business is conducted overseas. Well, you know, that's an interesting question. I, I want to talk a little bit more about your background, but I want to come back to that particular question because I want to find out, are we truly more entrepreneurial in this country than other countries are? I think that's something that we've always claimed, but I wonder if it's actually true. So I want to ask you, uh, first of all, I know that you've been a uh, speaker on numerous occasions on international trade. I also know that you've co-authored co -authored articles on uh, international trade. And, Phil, uh, Toby has been quoted in the New York Times, the Boston Globe, the Providence Journal, and other national publications. What a delight to have you here. So he has some Thank very you. impressive credentials. Indeed. Toby, in your, in your job, is your job currently um, primarily administrative in nature, or do you also teach? So I do teach. Um, I actually teach um, classes in international business and international logistics. My, my background uh, is heavily on the international side, as, uh, as, as you highlighted. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that you didn't men mention, but it was what I did immediately prior to joining the university, I was the marketing director for the U.S. cranberry industry. So my job was to, to get people in China and India and other countries to eat and drink more cranberries. 90% uh, of the world's cranberries... Wow are grown mm. here in the U.S., but only uh, less than 25% of the entire crop uh, is exported. So that was the real opportunity for, uh, for that industry. And there was a lot of entrepreneurship uh, within, uh, within the, that industry as well. That's interesting. Did you work with the Ocean Spray Collaborative as part of that effort? Yeah, of course. Uh, we had uh, two sides of our board. We were an instrumentality of U the U.S. Department of Agriculture, so we had two sides of our board, uh, and that was half Ocean Spray and then the other half uh, were the independent uh, growers and, and processors or handlers here. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. You know, uh, way back in my wife's past, I shouldn't say way back, but one of her prior um, endeavors, she did some consulting work for the Ocean Spray Consortium, and she helped them raise some funds and get some state money for their expansion of their plant. Mm -hmm. So How? it's interesting what a big industry it is for us here in this part of the state. Sure. How did you go about convincing the Chinese, for instance, that they should drink, uh, um, you know, cranberry juice or eat cranberries. Sure. Yeah. And actually, China, uh, like the trend in many uh, countries, are now seeing a growth in their middle class is as the middle class grows and, and they get more disposable income, they're seeking out things that are not only you know unique, something that they haven't had before, uh, but also something that's healthier for them. And, and so we, the cranberry industry benefited from both of those trends. It's also good with vodka. <laughs> there you go. It's a good stress reliever, right? Cranberry juice is a good stress reliever. Right. <laughs> Not the vodka. Uh, you'll drink to that. Well, that's interesting, Toby. I didn't realize that you had that, that experience. Yeah. So here's the question of the hour for you then. Do you think that we are more business-minded and more willing to take chances and risks and more entrepreneurial in this country than in other countries? Well, I can say, you know, it's a bit anecdotal, but I can say from my experience that that, that is true. One of the things that, you know, for a long time, I've been, uh, for a long time, I've been working with companies of all shapes and sizes. And one of the groups 
that we see a lot of entrepreneurial activity happening uh, within here in southeastern Massachusetts, certainly in the United States, is immigrants, you know, people who are new to the United States and mm -hmm. starting companies. And one of the reasons that's so is because they find that starting a company here in the United States is a lot easier than what they, their experience was back home. And um, as a friend of mine says often, you know, one of the, you know, here in the United States, the philosophy is if you fall down and get back up, it's okay as long as you get back up and, and start again. And, and he relates that particularly to entrepreneurship. You know, if, uh, if somebody tries to start a business and they're unsuccessful in their first attempt, there really isn't any stigma related with that. And they're able to get back up and running and, um, and start another company without mm -hmm. having uh, people look at them as a failure. And that is a absolute um, difference between the United States and, and other countries. You know, certainly the, U, uh, the European markets where, um, you know, entrepreneurship is less common, you know, that here in the, U, in the U.S. you can pick up any business magazine and read about entrepreneurs, what successes and failures. And the failures really aren't treated as anything more than a lesson, you know, that uh, there's a lesson to be learned and, and I can take something from that. Whereas in some other places, those failures really do um, put a stigma on somebody. And, and so hmm. it's, it's harder for them to get back up and start something new because they're branded as a, as a failure. And I think that's an attitude that we don't have here in the United States. And as long as that remains true, I think we're, we're in good shape in, in terms of uh, entrepreneurs, hmm. entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial activity, uh, and, uh, and that support system that goes along with it. I wonder if there's any uh, history that perhaps in this country, New England might be a real center for entrepreneurism as well. Uh, this, I mean, we've always had sort of a can-do spirit because you had to survive in, in right. New England. But, you know, I had some quotes prepared this morning, and right. I, I would say, ladies and gentlemen, I have not met Toby Stapleton before, but some of the things that he said just resonate with me. So one of the quotes that I brought this morning, for example, was from Alan Curtis Kay, who was a computer scientist. And he said, if you don't fail at least 90% of the time, you're not aiming high enough. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that really embodies the spirit of entrepreneurism, doesn't it? That's right. Or the entrepreneurial spirit. And even Calvin Coolidge, a former president, said, I think you've all heard this before, the business of America is business. And it's true, isn't it? So I'm going to say one more thing about uh, Thomas Dewey. Remember Thomas Dewey, the senator from New York? Or was he a governor? I can't remember if he was a senator or a governor. But he was Republican, wasn't he? And he ran for president. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he said, things that are bad for business are bad for the people who work for business. Mm -hmm. So if you are working for a business and you're not an owner of a business, for example, just remember that as the business goes, so do you as well. So it is important to support the business that you work for and make sure it's going to be successful. So, Toby, let's talk about uh, what I'm going to call SNEEF, and can you tell me the actual name of it again? Sure, absolutely. Uh, it is the Southern New England Entrepreneurs Forum, and, and you can learn more about that at uh, SNEEF.org, S-N-E-E-F.org. Um, SNEEF was a uh, basically founded uh, about 15 years ago by a group of individuals and organizations uh, that were interested in creating an entity here in southeastern Massachusetts uh, that uh, inspired, created, and, uh, and helped entrepreneurs uh, not only who uh, wanted to start a company but who were in business uh, but didn't have anywhere to turn in terms of looking for help or uh, getting a support system. And uh, and so uh, back then, uh, we were created uh, the Small Business Development Center, the Manufacturing Extension Partnership, 
the uh, International Trade Assistance Center, even, which, uh, which I was running at the time. Uh, we got together Bridgewater State University and, and, of course, the University of Massachusetts Dartmouth played a big role in not only physically hosting the space, uh, but also in, in making available their faculty, uh, staff, and, of course, students uh, for some of the things that we were doing back then. And, and today, uh, the organization has grown significantly. We see anywhere from 40 to 50 uh, people every month, and, and that goes up on some of our signature events, which I can certainly talk about. Uh, but we have uh, now we have uh, a, member, a membership that has grown to over 100 people that, that, are, that have paid for a full-year membership, which is a, a big difference between us today and, and versus a couple of years ago. Uh, and so nine months out of the year, the second Thursday of every month, you can find us holding a monthly meeting from about 5.30 at night to about 8 o'clock uh, at the uh, uh, ATMC uh, building in Fall River at 151 Martin Street. And, mm-hmm. uh, and the That's topics right the are, that, that is, right, and it's on the former Keir Mill site. Uh, uh, and, and that building, the ATMC, was created uh, as, uh, you know, the idea was to put something on that site uh, that would not just be another building taking advantage of the view, but a building that would inspire economic development and, and help create economic development through uh, new company creation and entrepreneurship within the region. Well, I think that if you get tired of doing the work that you're doing, Toby, we're going to give you a career in radio. <laughs> you are great. terrific. Okay. You're a great speaker. <laughs> yeah. and I enjoy it. Um, I just learned uh, a lot more information about the uh, Southern New England Entrepreneurs Forum recently, uh, SNEF as it's called, and I, it has been around for a while. And I know it's supported by the Charleston College of Business, which is a division of UMass Dartmouth. Right? That's right. That's the business school at UMass right. Dartmouth as well as the Advanced Technology and Manufacturing Center at UMass Dartmouth, which is the one that's on Martine Boulevard. Right. And what I was surprised to learn is that it only costs $75 a year to belong to the organization if right. you're joining as an individual member. It sounds like this would be an interesting organization for virtually anybody who is involved in business or wants to be in business to join. Right. And it's a fairly small admissions cost. And I know that you do a number of events throughout the course of the year. Um, I think you typically produce about nine events during the course of the year. I was looking over some of the topics, and they're all things that business people or aspiring business people could learn something from. And essentially, every entrepreneur, every business person needs certain kinds of services. And when you're out there working not 40 hours a week, but 50 or 60 hours a week or more when you have your own business, uh, you need help. You need services. And that's one of the things I think you can learn when you go to some of the forums that they present. Because in the end, we're all in this together, aren't we? That's right. Absolutely. Do a lot of new business owners start off with an inadequate sense of uh, knowing what to do? I, I think it's that, and you know, as you said, um, uh, Ray, with the um, uh, you know, most people starting a business don't realize the kind of commitment it's going to take uh, to get that business up and running. And, and 60 hours—that's probably conservative when you look at a startup. Uh, but the the other, you know, where where we see um, the other issues is you know, mostly around capital, and you know, the, it, uh, if a company is undercapitalized when they start out, and, and this is a, a problem of companies of all shapes and sizes where they underestimate the amount of capital they'll need to get the company up and running. And so um, typically what will happen is they'll have enough uh, the, the, you know, to, uh, to get them through a six-month or a year of time period. And then at the end of that, 
they find themselves in trouble. So some of the, the programs that we run around funding, and that includes everything from traditional, you know, sort of debt and equity funding uh, to uh, crowdsourcing, which is obviously something that has gained a lot of media attention lately. Uh, and we're, we're helping our members to understand what crowdfunding with the, the, you know, the pending changes, SEC regulations and things like that, how is that going to affect uh, business today? And crowdfunding is when you need to raise money for your business and you're basically doing it online. Mm-hmm. And there are actual companies now that do that. That's right. Help you raise money online. Right. Just like in the gold rush, uh, the ones selling the picks and shovels and buckets uh, were the ones making money. Uh, in the crowdfunding world, a lot of the companies that provide the platform for crowdfunding uh, and crowdsourcing and others are, are uh, doing well. But um, and there are certainly some successes uh, with companies that are looking to get funding through through crowdfunding uh, websites and things like that. But not fully understanding what crowdfunding is is a risk. Uh, where if I think that you know just posting something on a crowdfunding site is going to get me yeah. uh, some dollars, that that you know that's yeah. inadequate. You really need a plan in place. And and so what we tried to do again, you know, for uh, um, and that membership fee I should mention is uh, that uh, for seventy five dollars a month. Uh, that 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 covers pizza for uh, for about nine <laughs> programs uh, a a year and and really we're we're looking to just cover the cost of uh, of the program. We're not you know we're we're all volunteers and and uh, and we're dedicated to this idea about entrepreneurship. What's interesting, Ray and uh, Toby, is that just this past week we had a young musical artist on wanting to produce a brand new album didn't have the funds, so resorted to this kind of right. fundraising. Online, con- online, online contributions, you know, something like a Kickstarter. Yes, right. And uh, she's raising the yep. money left and right That's great. with small donations from many people. Right. Yes. Yep. I have a relationship in Florida that's using Kickstarter right now to raise funds to create custom-made bathing suits for women who have had breast surgery. How interesting. And they have to have prosthetics yep. built into the bathing suits so that they wow. look normal when they go to the beach. Right. And uh, they're using Kickstarter to raise money. Uh, more locally, to give a couple of plugs to Eastern Bank, uh, which has branches in uh, uh, Marion and Wareham and Falmouth and other locations like that. They do a lot of work with uh, really fast-track SBA programs to mm-hmm. raise funds. Um, also, Independence Bank, and I forget whether it's either East Greenwich or West Greenwich, Rhode Island, is very aggressively involved in helping people who've been in business for at least a year. But we're also interested in people who are looking to do startup businesses. So I, I think it's a safe thing to say, uh, Toby, that um, when somebody chooses to go to SNEEF meetings and participate, they're going to learn something every time. They're going to make new contacts, new relationships. I've seen quotations from people saying that people always seem to come away with at least one good idea and a few friends every time right. they go to one of these <laughs> right. meetings. And mm-hmm. there's some examples. Like there's a company that uh, recently attended that makes grass seed that doesn't need to be watered. Mm-hmm. And now Whole Foods Market is right. selling that grass seed for them. Interesting. So I think you can make some good contacts and learn a lot at the same time. Um, is this an appropriate form for somebody who's interested in starting the business? Maybe they haven't quite yet begun. I would think they could benefit from the example of yep. hearing some of the stories that are being told. I, I, I agree completely, Ray. Um, one of the things that, that we have found is companies 
individuals looking to start a business probably learn the most from our monthly meetings because mm-hmm. they get to hear a case studies about a company that is either in business or looking to start a business and some of the pain points that they're experiencing, whether it's that capital formation or just getting new sales. Um, it, it's, I think it's a, it's a real learning experience for anybody who is coming in with an idea and, and doesn't know what you know, what being an entrepreneur is like, or even what the next steps are. And so I think, you know, the uh, Ray, you mentioned uh, the friends that people come away with. I think, again, you know, one of the most important parts about our program, probably, you know, half and half, I would say it's the networking, you know, the uh, opportunity to get people to get to meet people that can assist you uh, as you get started, as you grow your business mm-hmm. and um, and can can offer a sounding board, you know, that uh, it's a lonely environment, as you as you well know, uh, being an entrepreneur. Uh, and sometimes you don't have somebody to bounce ideas off of or, or talk to because you're putting in the 80 hours a week and and Sneef, you know, we we hope can be that respite where, you know, they can come for for a couple hours learn something, and also network with people that are going through the same experiences as, as they are. I'd like to read a quotation from the co-chair of the SNEAF board, um, a woman named Melinda Ailes. I'm not sure if she still is or if this is current information. Uh, she's the Southeast Regional Director for the Massachusetts Small Business Development Center, and she's co-chairman of the board of SNEAF. She said, this is the only place in the region where innovators and resources get together to improve their business opportunities. So it's a great forum for bringing people together. I understand also when the presentations are done at SNEAF, they're done using a case method. So it's actual facts of what a particular business is doing. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, um, that is one of the interesting things about SNEAF is we get a company to agree to open up their, you know, their, their books, if you will, to uh, explain to an audience, which is not always an easy thing to do, about what they're experiencing in terms of, again, pain points or uh, trouble that they're having. And we form a panel, uh, you know, about two months before the event, we'll put a panel together that has the area of expertise that that company needs to, uh, to face or needs to address. Um, the three panelists will work with, again, these are all volunteers, they will work with the entrepreneur or the company uh, over the course of two months to really fully understand where the company is. And at the SNEAF event, the company will present uh, what they're doing now, what those pain points are. The panelists will then make their comments and, and recommendations, and then the audience gets to interact with that entrepreneur. I know at this point there are many listeners who are asking, Toby, how do I get a hold of you? What's your uh, email? How uh, you know? Give us that information. Absolutely, yeah. So um, to learn more about SNEEF, www.sneef.org. Uh, to get a hold of me, uh, my email address is uh, tstapleton, T-S-T-A-P-L-E-T-O-N, uh, at umassd, U-M-A-S-S-D dot E-D-U. Uh, and that's the, uh, and certainly my phone number, 508-999-8543. Okay. We need to take a break in just a moment, Ray. Sure. We'll take a short break. And uh, I just want to remind folks, if you um, are interested in what you've heard about today and you would like to get more information about SNEEF or joining SNEEF, you can contact Toby Stapleton directly. Uh, if you don't remember the number, get in touch with us at USA mm-hmm. Wealth Group because I think most people know how to get in touch with us mm-hmm. uh, possibly a little bit more quickly. But I'm very impressed with uh, this information. And it sounds like when you do your case studies that a lot of homework has been done. So th- this is really a prepared event. So we will be right back. 
Welcome back to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show with Ray Lance. And today's program is extraordinarily interesting. Ray, Toby is such an interesting and compelling guest. I have to say, um, uh, first of all, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, Toby. Um, to- Tobias Stapleton. Tobias Stapleton, also known as Toby. Uh, Toby is the Assistant Dean for Graduate Studies at the Charlton College of Business at University of Massachusetts in Dartmouth. And tell us again what your new position is. Sure. It's the uh, Assistant Vice Chancellor slash Director of the Advanced Technology Manufacturing Center, which is the university's incubator for startups and entrepreneurs here on the South Coast located in Fall River. Mm -hmm. Wow. So he's he's a really busy guy, isn't he? Yes. I couldn't even say that whole title and so forth that you have, but that's that's uh, very interesting. I have to read something from the Bible. You know, it's Sunday morning when we're yes. broadcasting this show. This is from Proverbs. It says, Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. So even the Bible talked about business, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. And uh, sure. so let's continue on and talk about how to become an entrepreneur, how to learn more. If you want to learn more about business, if you're already in business, you ought to consider joining SNEEF and attending their events. I would be willing to bet that you can learn something every single time you go. I was very impressed, uh, Toby, to learn about how the case method is used, but you plan enough ahead of time so that you've got a panel that's studying the business that you're going to be talking about and presenting the case. This must be very valuable for the business itself because it's almost like having professional people give you some critical ideas and some thoughts about how you can improve your business. So it must be a very valuable process for somebody who's, you know, presenting, so to speak. Well, we hope so. Uh, and uh, I agree. The, the panelists that we select are people that we, um, you know, through our own networks and through the organization's network, uh, know, you know, one, they, they, they also believe in SNEEF's mission. So they're willing to volunteer their time to offer a professional opinion. This isn't uh, anecdotal. This isn't uh, something that uh, that they've just come up with. It's something that most of them have spent a career or a lifetime learning, and uh, and they're they're offering their advice and, and suggestions to a to a, a again a, a startup or a fellow entrepreneur um, for the benefit of helping that entrepreneur. So uh, we we think that uh, we believe you know from from talking to past uh, Sneef panelists and. Uh, companies that have presented that it's been a valuable experience for for both. So let me let me ask you very quickly: Is it uh, if I'm going to start up a business, is it as easy to work at a business compared to owning a business? Well, uh, that uh, that uh, that's an easy uh, question. Uh, the the answer is no. Uh, you know that uh, starting a business, as we all know, anyone who's who's been an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, the saying, you know, the chief cook and bottle washer is absolutely true that, uh, and, and then in maitre d' as well as wait, waiter, uh, waitress, and so on and so forth, that, you know, an entrepreneur uh, gets involved in all aspects of the business, you know, to, to get themselves uh, or, the, or herself uh, to the point where they're growing and expanding, that's a lot of work. And that takes understanding everything from finance to marketing and, and, and the product or the company or the service that you're providing. And, um, and so that's, that's draining because entrepreneurs can be very good at one thing. So you're running a restaurant, 
um, or uh, a, a restaurant concept, but then the back office stuff or managing people may not be their skill set. So understanding where uh, his or her weaknesses are and, uh, and addressing them, whether bringing people in that do, are good at managing people or good at keeping the books, are, uh, it's an incredibly important skill set to, to recognize what you are and what you are not capable of doing. And sometimes entrepreneurs, being an optimistic group, by and large. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs sometimes have uh, trouble recognizing where their uh, deficits are. So uh, Those are good insights. You know, speaking of the Shawmut Diner, <laughs> and <laughs> Phil was the voice of the Shawmut Diner and the face of the Shawmut Diner and the marketing image of the Shawmut Diner, but we all know that Celeste really... The, the power behind the, the throne. Yeah. <laughs> Celeste is his wife. <laughs> and then, of course, one of the more glamorous things you do as an entrepreneur is... You show up at the office, as I did uh, several times this past week, at 8 o'clock in the morning so you can shovel the sidewalks yourself. Oh, right? yes. Oh, sure. It's your business. Right. So you do everything. But understanding your role and understanding your limitations is very, very important because sometimes if we allow our ego to you know, not uh, you know, make us understand that, we don't become the best at it. Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, I spent many years going to uh, an organization in Toronto called Strategic Coach. I don't know if you've heard of that, Toby. It's oh, yes. I'll introduce you. It's okay. a great organization. Great. Oh, yeah. And the most important lesson I learned there from, uh, from there was focus on your unique ability. What are you best at? And delegate everything else. And so even when you're starting up a business, you really need to think about having a team of people and professionals around you. You cannot do it all alone. You need to think about what kind of a structure do you want to do? Do you want to be a corporation or a limited liability company? Or do you want to run for a year as a sole proprietorship, for example? Uh, there are so many, many things. You know, Toby, I was looking at some of the topics coming up uh, in the next few months from SNEEF, the Southern New England Entrepreneurs Forum. And they have a program called Taking Dad's Picture Off the Wall, a generational look at business. How do different generations, you know, view business? And I guess part of that might also include how do you plan for a succession? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, as we know, there's a lot of family-owned businesses here in southeastern Massachusetts. So we've been fortunate enough to team up with the Family Business Association here in Massachusetts to run uh, the program, which will be um, in two weeks on March 12th uh, at the, the uh, again, at the ATMC. Um, but the, the topic of, um, of taking dad's picture off the wall, a generational look, it's, you know, really about succession planning. Uh, we know that, you know, family businesses uh, by nature, it's difficult to talk about, you know, who's going to take over the business and, and where that succession plan uh, is. And, and so for, for this, talking about uh, the companies that are actually going to be the case studies, uh, we have a couple, Rogers and Gray, uh, and, um, and a company that's actually located right here in New Bedford, Darnit, Darnit, uh, which is a 15-year-old family-run distribution and refurbishment business, uh, and, um, and uh, Peter O'Brien from uh, Global Mechanical Services. So the th those three companies are going to talk about um, the experiences that they've had in um, you know, making these kind of transitions or at least thinking about these kind of transitions. So, um, so we we think that this is this this program will be one of our uh, better attended programs that we have throughout the year. We expect you know somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy to eighty people. Mm -hmm. um, our other signature event takes place each September, 
and that is the Piranha Pond, which is uh, we all know as you know as uh, aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, Shark Tank has gained the attention of the American public, sure. and so we've partnered with 128 Innovation Capital Group to deliver the Piranha Pond here in southeastern Massachusetts, where a panel of investors. Uh, we'll meet with or we'll hear five-minute pitches from eight entrepreneurs looking for funding. And at the end of that, those investors, these are accredited investors or groups like uh, Cherrystone uh, Angel uh, Investment Group out of Providence and, and others that, uh, that we've invited along the, the year, Slater Fund and, and so on. Um, and at the end of the, the pitch, the investors get to ask a few questions. And then uh, at the end of that, they're asked, are you in or are you out? And, um, and they're at the end of that, if they say that they're in, it's not necessarily an investment. They, they're agreeing to meet with the company, do some due diligence, and, hmm. and uh, work through that process. That's wow. fascinating. It I is. I didn't know about that. No. That's, that's fascinating. Toby, how? Well, you know, that alone is a reason for somebody to think about joining SNEEF and becoming a member Absolutely. and starting to go to the organizational yeah. events so that you can learn about things like this. And how does one innovate without extinguishing what is working? You know, how do the two generations combine the very best of what they are doing? Right. Yeah, and that, that's both a challenge and an opportunity. The challenge is, is you know, that if you have somebody, a daughter or a son, you know, growing up in the family business who has a new idea about how right. to do something uh, and uh, they present it to dad or mom or whoever, the, you know, is in control of the business at the time and, and it's difficult to get buy-in. You know, uh, if you've always been doing something the way that you've always done it, and it's gotten you a certain level of success, um, the thought of tinkering with that is is difficult to get somebody to accept. <laughs> it I'm <listening>. is. <laughs> I'm listening carefully. Oh, so, I remember uh, Alex telling us, "Oh, Dad, you're in the you know you're in the Stone Age. You have to come out." <laughs> well, I think the important message here, though, is you have to constantly think about changing and adapting and trying yeah. new ideas. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, in my business, we do mostly retirement planning and, and helping people with their finances and making sure that they can protect their family. And my wife runs the law firm, which is called Lancelot Inc., and she has another lawyer working with her, and she does mostly estate planning, but she does a lot of work with different generations. And then our son, who's the next generation down below, is running uh, essentially a property and casualty agency, plus he's working... Uh, extensively with teachers using the Horace Mann insurance mm -hmm. franchise. So he sells life insurance and annuities and products that teachers need for retirement, but he's also helping them with car insurance and homeowners insurance. So when I get back uh, Monday morning, I'm going to check and see if my picture is still on the wall. <laughs> so First. in addition to that, Ray, we, we will reserve three spots uh, at the SNEEF event on, uh, on March 12th. <laughs> All right, good. That's a deal. I know you're also doing programs on the supply chain, which is, I guess, how do you get goods and things into your supply chain if you're yeah. maybe a manufacturing business? And I know you have networking events in the summer. So there's really a lot going on at the Southern New England Entrepreneurs Forum, isn't there? Uh, absolutely, and you know the programs like supply chain. You know every company is um, you know definitely manufacturers. You know make or buy. You know should we make something or should we outsource it? Um, but companies of all shapes and sizes make these decisions every day. Should we do our own accounting in house? Uh, you know or our own bookkeeping in house, or should we outsource it? Should we um, you know to, uh, should we manufacture this product or should we have somebody? Uh, manufacture it. We have lower mar margins, but maybe somebody's better at it than we are. 
Um, and it's getting companies to understand the, the challenges and the opportunities for doing something, again, around supply chain or whatever the topic is that month. And, um, and so we, we think we do a good job of that by focusing on one company and what they've done um, you know, successfully and unsuccessfully, and then a group, three panelists to talk about what maybe they would do or what their suggestions are and, and, uh, and to whatever extent uh, the, uh, the company is able to learn from that and, and uh, more importantly, the audience is able to participate in that discussion as well. I'd like to remind everyone once again that we're talking this morning with Toby Stapleton. He's the Assistant Dean for Graduate Studies at the uh, Charlton College of Business, University of Massachusetts, Dartmouth. And he's also now affiliated with the, um, give me the proper name. Sure, yeah, that um, uh, we're, we are looking to rebrand it, but right now it's called the Advanced Technology Manufacturing Center, uh, which is the university's, uh, it's the ATMC. Uh, it's located at 151 Martin Street in Fall River. Uh, on the, uh, again, the former Cure Mill site, anyone that grew up in the, uh, the region knows that in 1987, the, the, the fire, the, the fire mm-hmm. consumed the building and the Oof. property. And, and so the idea was, again, to put a building on that site that would actually be good for the region and not just for, you know, for, for the real estate that, it, that, uh, that was there. And that's also right down the street from White's Restaurant. That's Every, right. Everybody right. knows where that that's is right. as a landmark. Um, I noticed also that Rockland Trust was one of the founding sponsors of SNEF. Right. Yep. I think that's important to mention. Yeah, no, absolutely. Rockland, um, what was, um, you know, uh, initially provided some, uh, some funds to, uh, to get the organization up and running um, because they believed in, in what we were doing. And, and today, um, you know, we, we have grown our um, uh, the sponsors of the organization. In fact, the Family Business Association, as well as Tarlow, Breed, Hart, and Rogers, uh, is the event sponsor for the um, uh, for the program that we have about taking dad's picture off of the wall in March. Very nice. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of information around today. Uh, one of the best things you can do if you have interest in becoming an entrepreneur, starting a business, buying a business, or running your own business even better, you really ought to get involved in SNEF. I'm also going to offer a report. Um, if anybody is interested who's listening, call our office at USA uh, Wealth Group, and uh, we're going to give you a report on different types of business entities, the advantages and disadvantages of corporations, the basic types of business corporations and organizations, should you be incorporated or form an LLC. We have a checklist for what you might want to do if you're starting a business, uh, what kind of insurance should you carry, what kind of... uh, what kind of a team should you put together? Because you really need a team of people at your beck and call. Should you have an S corporation versus a C corporation? There are many, many initial decisions that need to get made. And if anyone is interested, we'd be happy to provide a copy of that. You know, Toby, you mentioned earlier talking about uh, business succession and the program coming up about taking dad's picture off the wall. Uh, We do a fair amount of work in that area also. And a lot of times, whether it's Two partners working together. Some partnerships work and some partnerships don't. Um, if you have an ongoing business that involves a relationship with more than one person, you ought to have a buy-sell agreement. And sometimes it's going to be funded with life insurance. And if you haven't made these arrangements and then one person in the business should die, for example, you can end up being partners with your deceased partner's spouse, you know, whoever it is. Right. So there are many, many reasons to think about how you structure your business. And we have a lot of reports and information we'll be happy to provide. 
Yep, I, I, I agree, Ray, and I, I took a quick look through this resource that you just mentioned, and uh, uh, I would urge anyone to, uh, to, to, to get that because as the one thing I didn't mention is I've, I've been, uh, as a founder or as an advisory board member, involved in five startups over the years. And um, one of the biggest questions that we have when we're starting off is how are we going to form the entity? Is it going to be an LLC? Is it going to be an S-Corp? Or... Um, or are we doing a simple partnership? And, and so having a resource like this to understand um, how to go about doing that is, uh, it, it, I think it's invaluable. And, and certainly I would recommend, you know, in terms of free resources here in the region, um, you have the Massachusetts Small Business Development Center located uh, in the, uh, they're physically located in the Fall River Chamber of Commerce, but they handle all of southeastern Massachusetts, including the Cape and the Islands, and I've worked with them over the years, and they have terrific counselors who can help you with everything from business planning to, uh, uh, to funding that startup. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not aware, uh, coming soon in the spring, there's an organization called Groundwork. Uh, they've received a grant from Mass Development, and they're going to be building out space uh, in the Quest Center, and uh, that's located at 1213 Purchase Street in New Bedford. And they're going to be providing space for people who need to use office space or maybe even a slight manufacturing space. I'm not sure if it's suitable for that. And on a short-term, occasional use basis. So you don't need to go out and, and have expensive office space mm -hmm. necessarily to get started in business. I think this is going to be an excellent resource, uh, Toby, coming into the city. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, when you look at, you know, so entrepreneurs, um, you know, certainly tech entrepreneurs, particularly when they start up, where do they start up? They start right. up in a coffee shop, right? So, sure. So um, Groundworks I, I, is, um, is something that I think is absolutely needed within the region as we grow and as the, as the entrepreneurial ecosystem diversifies. Having something like this within uh, southeastern Massachusetts and here in New Bedford, yeah. I think, is, uh, is tr tremendous. And we have a history around here of offering a free incubator space for entrepreneurs that goes back years. Yes, we do. Toby and I were talking about that earlier. Uh, he has also worked with Martin Andonian, who created Absolutely. probably the first real serious incubator space in the yeah, city. Right. Yeah, and that was a great. He was effort. the pioneer around here, right? Yeah, yeah. and and actually, you know, one, at least one of the companies um, that was in that that space in the early days has has um, you know the uh, the executives or the team that were involved with that have kind of gone off, uh, but some of them have actually gone off and started businesses within southeastern Massachusetts, and we you know keep in touch or on the periphery anyway of of some of those uh, some of some of those entrepreneurs. Um, but you can, you know, that's an example of somebody who had a vision for, you know, providing low-cost space to entrepreneurs within the region to foster entrepreneurship. And, and today we're reaping the benefit of that where, you know, they were, you know the seeds were planted there and then the, the, the plant was transplanted. Uh, so. Well, the most important thing we want to remember this morning is to remember the name Sneef. I like it because it sounds like Smurf. Yep. Uh, so it's easy to remember, Sneef. Uh, Southern New England Entrepreneurs Forum, and um, are you an officer in that position? In that so I'm currently right. I'm currently serving as chairperson of uh, of SNEF. Uh, I have so uh, I've been doing so for about the last year and a half. And uh, regarding the name, I uh, 15 years ago when we first got started, I fought like heck uh, to change it to come up with a better acronym. But today, to whatever extent we've been able to do it, you know, people remember the name once they they hear it. So whether it's uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> 
correlating it with Smurfs or whatever, uh, Sneef is, is kind of stuck. There you go. I like it. You know, we have a lot of other organizations in the area. We also have the South Coast Young Professionals Network, which is, uh, I believe, run out of the Chamber, uh, Chamber of Commerce. I know that uh, Ian Abreu is uh, Manager of Workforce and Business Development, and he's involved in that organization. And we also have, for younger children, uh, ages K through 12, Junior Achievement of Southern Massachusetts. So these are sort of feeder organizations in a way, aren't they, for people interested in doing business? Oh, absolutely. And and the other, we have a lot of exciting news. You, you mentioned groundwork, and um, and the New Bedford Chamber has been doing stuff around uh, entrepreneurship and, and um, ju- you know, again, Junior Achievement, the Chamber. Um, the uh, the other int- uh, the sort of exciting news is that we have uh, E-Ship for All, so entrepreneur- E-for-All, Entrepreneurship for All, coming down to the region uh, in um, and you know this spring they've started to go out and meet with um, organizations like SNEF to talk about what's going on in terms of entrepreneurship and their focus is going to be uh, working with you know, uh, uh, anyone who has a, an idea around um, you know starting a business and you know whether they're from Fall River or New Bedford as long as they're here in southeastern Massachusetts they'll they're going to provide a supportive infrastructure for that. Mm-hmm. I see George Foreman on the news uh, on a television <laughs> ad once in a while talking about if you have an idea, you know, get in touch with his company. And of course, he's, I'm sure they're looking for uh, a piece of the deal yeah. as well. Oh, sure. But, you know, that's how this country was founded, wasn't it? It was that's people right. with ideas and starting businesses. So we have a lot of really good things happening mm-hmm. in our area. It's important for our economy. It's important for jobs. And uh, if you are a businessman or a businesswoman listening today and you'd like to learn more about SNEF, uh, get in touch with uh, Toby Stapleton and tell us your telephone number once again and your email, Toby. Absolutely. My telephone number is 508-999-8543. And my email is tstapleton at umassd.edu. Well, Toby, I want to thank you very much for being here this morning. I'm pleased to learn even more about SNEF. Um, I'm interested in joining the organization, and I will. It sounds really exciting. We're thrilled to have you here. And maybe we'll put together our own little forum at some point and get other people on the radio and that talk would be great. more about this. So thank you so much for listening to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate your being here every Sunday morning. And remember to do something for your family, and remember to do something for yourself. And take some action. And we'll see you again next Sunday on the radio. It's always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the new 1420 WBSM every Sunday, 8 to 9 o'clock, for USA Wealth Group's Money Wise radio show.